0: from Ecclesiastes 12:9 through 14. Keep this in mind. The teacher was considered wise and he taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs, studying and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truths clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful but helpful. Their sheep collected sayings are like a nail-studded stick with which a shepherd uh, drives the sheep. But my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful, for writing books is endless, and much study wears you out. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret, secret thing, whether good or bad. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Tonight's a little bit different uh, as we finish up our series in Ecclesiastes. So what we're going to do is talk about one verse. It's the very last verse in this book. And we've been dancing around with it and talking about it a little bit almost every week. But we've never just taken a night to just talk about it. And it's the last verse of what uh, William just read a minute ago, and this is really the climactic moment. It's the crescendo, it's the encore of everything that this teacher has been carefully and thoughtfully sharing with us over the past seven weeks now, as we've gone uh, through his book and listened uh, to God's word from Ecclesiastes. So what we're really going to spend the next few minutes talking about is simply his final verdict, fearing and following God. Let me pray for us. We'll look at this verse, and afterwards, uh, we will do um, some questions and answers. Some of y'all have submitted some of those questions over the past few days. In a moment, we'll put up uh, a link, and there's also a QR code on your page that you're uh, welcome to send in some questions as uh, as Casey and I are up here in a moment. But let me pray for us. And Lord, add to, the, add to the heaviness of the week and school and spring break plans uh, what Ann Morgan prayed about, too, as it weighs on our minds and our hearts, Father. It's, I think it was the night, it was maybe a week ago or the day after we got home last week from large group talking about this book. And it comes back to mind, there's a time for war and a time for sadness and a time for death. And Father, our hearts break as we're reminded that what we have been hearing for the past month and a half is in fact true, and it is in fact accurate, and it does in fact describe where we are living our lives. But it also describes, and we are seeing a clearer picture of the only world that you bled for and the only world that you've come to step into, the only world that you say in John three sixteen that you loved and sent your son to redeem. It's this world, it's this ugly world, So, Father, as we conclude this time listening to you, our good Father, who tells us the truth, who doesn't filter out the hard, I pray that now you would lift our chins up out of this hevel, out of this life under the sun, and let us see Jesus even clearly from this passage. Stir our hearts. Would they be um, lit on fire within us the way the disciples said it was like when they walked with Jesus on that road to Emmaus? And I pray uh, also, in, uh, as we talk about these things and turn this into a dialogue in a moment with questions, um, that you would be at work in there as well. I ask this in your name. Amen. So we've talked about a lot back since early January, and it's been some heavy stuff. I mean, the the, the teacher says in this little conclusion to his book that his teaching has been like a cattle prod, like a Like a stick with with nails in it that shepherds would use to kind of move the flock along when it was not moving. So he's he's moving us to a new place and he's been teaching us, but it's also often been through very heavy or sharp-edged things. I know like as we've talked about these things hanging out all the times that are not Wednesday nights, downtown or on campus, um, that's been the general theme that I've heard is Um, I've loved it, a lot of y'all have loved it, but it's also like, it's heavy, it's convicting. Never thought about these things before. I had not thought about most of these things before. It's one of the reasons I've loved this series so much is it's things that are brand new to me as well. After all the things that the teacher has talked about, he shared with you his lived experience of work, of pleasure, of power, of status, Of wisdom, of religion. Here's the verdict. Here's the takeaway. The final verdict is fear and follow God, which sounds so simple, but can really challenge us when it comes after the kind of things that we've heard. What does it mean to fear and follow God? That's really what the next few minutes are simply about. What does it mean to fear and follow God? We have seen, I think, a really vivid example of what it means to fear somebody in the past week in Ukraine. I didn't know the name, Volodymyr Zelensky, prior to a few weeks ago when this stuff started to heat up over there. Did you know his name? Had you ever heard of him? Had you ever seen him before? And now he's like probably the most memed human being and everybody in the world is just looking at him in jaw-dropping awe. Is this guy real? little five-foot-tall man, if you've ever seen him in a picture next to normal-height people, uh, he looks, I mean, he's a tiny little guy, and he is standing up to somebody that entire countries would never stand up to, that entire hemispheres would never talk back to. Here's just a little rendition of some things he said or done in the past few days. He is credited with single-handedly rallying the Western world around Ukraine's cause. Just about two weeks ago, the Western world was saying, this isn't our fight, it's not our battle. Little European country, it's not a member of NATO, we're just going to watch. Don't let it get out of control. And you've seen what's happened in the past few days everybody's getting involved. Everybody is finding this courage inside of them they didn't know there was there. Everybody is in kind of a fighting spirit of defend the weak. He rallied a nation through his speeches, through his little videos that he put up as he's walking through the streets. He's walking through the streets of a city that's under bombardment, that's being sieged We've seen so many stories over the years of leaders who when it looks like it's going to fall They get on a plane and they get out of there and they take their money and who stays is all their people The poor the elderly the disabled the sick in the hospitals the moms who are about to get delivery and can't get out of there They're stuck, but the leader takes the money and goes we saw it in Afghanistan. We've seen a lot of places. He's still there And he's walking the streets and he's meeting with his troops and he's meeting with people and he's visiting bomb shelters even though they think there's people who are looking and roaming the cities trying to find him to kill him, He's there. He took up the needs of his people, the cause of the Ukrainians and brought it to the whole world and he's still doing it every day, every night's a new speech. He's putting his life at risk And then he said a few days ago, the Americans were getting so worried about uh, if they get you and either kidnap you or kill you, uh, you're the face of this resistance. You're the face of the movement. You're the president. If you disappear, the country's going to fall. You've got to survive. Let us help evacuate you. You remember what he said? I don't need a ride. I need ammo. And he turned down offer after offer after offer of being safely whisked away. He said, don't send me cars, don't send me planes, send me guns, send me weapons, send me food, send me medicine, send me planes. Last night he said this in a speech to the European Union. He said, during this time, we Ukrainians have truly become one. We've forgiven each other. This is a very divided nation, very divided polarized nation prior to a week ago. We've forgiven each other, we started loving each other, we help each other, we're worried for each other. And he's rallying a nation. What am I describing? Whatever you're feeling right now, this admiration, this impress, like, is he real? That's fear. That's what it feels like to fear somebody. The hair on the back of your head stands up. And you look up at this person who might be five foot tall, but he's a giant. And you're like, he's fundamentally different from me. I don't think I have, I don't think that much courage is in this whole room maybe. It's certainly, I wouldn't contribute anything to that. And you're impressed with him and you admire him. He's a force to be reckoned with. That's what it means to fear somebody. And it's like what it looks like to fear God, not to be horrified of God, not to avoid him because what if he crushes me, but to be just, is he for real? Is he for real? When you're in the presence of the one that you fear, you're not afraid of anything. When you're in the presence of one you fear, you're not afraid of anything. You'll charge any hill, you'll die on any hill, you'll pick up any weapon. You yourself would stay in a city and fight. Because you'd believe in yourself, and you'd believe in the cause, and you'd believe in victory, even if it hasn't been fully realized yet. You see what I'm saying? When you are in the presence of one that you fear, you're not afraid of anything. You're 10 feet tall and bulletproof now. Because he made you feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof, because he's 10 feet tall and bulletproof. We can also say you will follow the one that you fear. You'll always follow the one that you fear for better and for worse. The one that you admire, that you respect, that you think, are you for real? The one that's larger than life, you'll follow those people, you'll go anywhere with those people, you'll do anything for those people. But here's the thing, before a week ago, before maybe two weeks ago, nobody saw Zelensky this way, nobody. He was the guy that was all tangled up in Trump's impeachment stuff. That was the president of Ukraine that was all tied up in that. Those phone calls, it was with him. He's a Russian speaker. He's a Jewish man in a country where that's an itty bitty, teeny little minority. His election was, nobody predicted it. Do you know what his previous job was before he was president of Ukraine? He played the president of Ukraine on their version of like The Office, a docu-comedy about the Ukrainian government. Um, you should look it up on YouTube. He was was one of the winners of their version of Dancing with the Stars, an amazing dancer. He was a stand-up comic. Nobody respected this guy. Everybody thought he was a joke, and that's why everybody thought he was going to fold when he stood up to one of the world's greatest bullies and seeming giants. This guy's toast. Even the CIA said it's going to fall in a day Seven times longer than that, it doesn't look like it's going to fall. On a closer look, though, when you see this man's heart come out, and his courage come out, and his bravery come out, and his character proven in real life through his deeds in critical moments, now you've seen the man for who he actually is. So let's end here. What are the connections when the teacher says, Six or seven years from now, when you forget everything we talked about the past seven weeks, he said, could you please work on remembering this little piece? Fear the Lord. <laughs> when the Lord is the one that you fear, you'll never be afraid of anything. You'll be so impressed with him, how, how big he is, how strong he is, how near he is, how much he takes up your cause and fights your battles and advocates for you and gets you what you need, you'll never be afraid of a thing. And guess what else? You'll follow him. Fear and following go together. You always follow the one that you fear. So what if you say, Ben, okay, the metaphor makes sense. I think I understand a little bit better what fearing somebody means. Not being afraid, but admiring them. I'll follow them anywhere because I believe in this person. I'm with them but I don't think I fear God that much. How would I even do that? You got to take a closer look at him. Some of us can resonate with what I said about Zelensky prior to 10 days ago, a comic. He's absurd. Like, is this guy really going to stand up to this? And some of us, I I should say maybe all of us because I feel it in me. I'll presume it's in maybe your heart too, but I bet there's a lot of wondering, is God really up to this? Is he that tall? Am I that impressed with him? Can he really pull this off? Can he do the impossible? Can he make a way where there is no way? Can he protect me? He seems small. Maybe not like a late night comic to you, but a not, like, I don't know, just like a non-event, just not that impressive. But the teacher has said, fear him. Follow him. Well, to do that, you've got to take a closer look at him. I just want to read two little verses from Colossians when we see Jesus fighting on your behalf, when you are surrounded by enemies, when you are under siege, when no life is getting in and no life is getting out, when you're under bombardment, when you have finally honestly admitted it's hopeless, there's no way out, I'm dead. This is Jesus fighting for you and advocating for you and rallying the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit around you in your greatest moment of need, Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Jesus, Paul says, Paul says of us, we were dead in our sins. And yet God made us alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses. And then he talks about what happened on the cross by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its angry demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Listen to who your enemies were in that moment. He disarmed the rulers, the authorities, the principalities, and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ if we do see in the near term or the long term a miraculous victory by ukraine it'll be the talk of history forever friends you and i the bible says we're in an impossible position and if you're not united to jesus you're in an impossible position and there's no way out there's no way fighting out your enemies are too tall they're superior you're under bombardment you're under siege you're surrounded and god would lift your chin to a warrior who at his own expense, with his life on the line, with assassination looming over his head since he was born, stayed where you do life. He didn't run, he didn't take the money, gave it all away, and he fought and he died in the city where you live, which is under the sun, that the enemy might be defeated and shamed and ridiculed and mocked openly before the world That's how God loves his enemies. That's how God loves his sons and his daughters. Do you fear him? If you don't, take a second look. Take a closer look. Let's pray. Jesus, oh Jesus, we pray that you will show yourself to us as you are. We are, um, it is hard to see you as you are. We can see you as so small, so dismissible. We can laugh, what's he gonna do? Give us eyes of faith. Uh, Help us to fear you that we might follow you, that we might not be afraid of anything because we're in the presence of one who's for us and one whom we fear. Thank you for the past seven weeks. Be with us now as we keep talking about it, amen.